0: CHAPTER 36 OF THE WITNESS BY GRACE LIVINGSTON HILL This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Pat was out with the ambulance. He had been taking a convalescent from the hospital down to the station and shipping him home to his good old mother in the country, to be nursed back to health. Pat often did little things like that, that were utterly out of his province, just because he liked to do them. Pat had seen his patient off, and was threading his way through a crowded thoroughfare, with eyes alert for everything, when a little bright red racer passed him at a furious rate, driven by a woman with a reckless hand. She shot by the ambulance like a rocket, and at the next corner came face to face with a great motor-truck that was thundering around the corner at a tempestuous speed. From the first glance there was no chance for the racer it crumpled like a thing of paper and lay in bright splinters on the street the lady tossed aside and motionless with her head against the curbing the crowd closed in about her and someone sent a call for the police the crowd opened again as an officer signed to the ambulance to stand by and kindly hands put the lady inside pat put on all speed to the home hospital which was not far away and was soon within its gates with the house doctor and a nurse rushing out in answer to his signal there was a light in the church close at hand although it was not yet dark bonnie was playing softly on the organ pat knew the hymn she was playing at evening ere the sun was set the sick o lord around thee lay oh with what divers ills they met oh with what joy they went away once more tis even tide, and we, oppressed with various ills, draw near." Pat was following the melody in his mind with the words that were so often sung in the Church of the Presence of God at evening service. He jumped down from his driver's seat and went around to the back of the ambulance, where they were preparing to carry the patient into the building. He was wondering what sort it was this time that he had brought to the house of healing. Then suddenly he saw her face and stopped short, with a suppressed exclamation. There, huddled on the stretcher, in her costly sporting garments, with her long dark lashes sweeping over her hard little painted face, and a pinched look of suffering about her loose-hung baby mouth, lay Gila. He knew her at once, and drew back in horror. What had he done? Brought her here? this viper of evil that had crept into the garden of his friends and despoiled them of their joy why had he not looked at her before they started fool that he was he might easily have taken her to another hospital instead of this one he could do so yet but courtland was standing on the steps looking down at the huddled figure on the stretcher with a strange expression of pity and tenderness in his face i did not know I did not see her before, court," stammered Pat. I will take her somewhere else now before she has been disturbed. No, Pat. It's all right. It is fitting that she should come to us. I'm glad you found her. You must have been led. Call Bonnie, please. And, Pat, watch for Nellie, and take him into my study. He was coming down on the Boston Express. Let me know as soon as he gets here. Cortland went swiftly into the hospital. Pat looked after him for a moment with a great light of love in his eyes, and realized for the first time what was meant by the expulsive power of a new affection. Cortland hadn't minded seeing Gila in the least on his own account. He was only thinking of Tennelly. Poor Nellie! What would he do? There was no hope for Gila from the first. There had been an injury to the spine, and it was only a question of hours how long she had to live it was bonnie's face upon which the great dark eyes first opened in consciousness again bonnie in soft white garments sitting beside the bed watching a strange contraction of fear and hate passed over her face as she looked and she spoke in an insolent sharp little voice weak as a sick bird's chirp who sit you here she demanded god said bonnie gently without an instant's hesitation a startled look came into gila's eyes god what does he want with me has he sent you here to torment me i know you who you are you are that poor girl that paul picked up in the street you are come to pay me back bonnie's face was full of tenderness no dear that is all past i've just come to bring you a message from god god what have i to do with god a quiver of anguish passed over the weird little face. I hate God. He hates me. Am I dead then, that he sends me messages? No, you are not dead, and God does not hate you. Listen. He says I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's the message that he sends. He is here now. He wants you to give attention to him. The little blanched face on the pillow tightened and hardened in fear once more. That's that awful presence again, the presence, the presence, I've been trying to get away from it for three years and it's pursued me everywhere. Now I'm caught like a rat in a trap and can't get away. If I'm not dead then I must be dying or you wouldn't dare talk to me this awful way. I am dying and you think I'm going to hell." Her shrill voice rose almost to a scream. Above the sound, Bonnie's calm, clear voice dominated with a sudden, quieting hush. Cortland, standing with the doctor and Tennelly, just outside the partly open door, was thrilled with the sweetness of it, as if some supernatural power were given to her at this trying time. Listen, Hela. this is what he says. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants you to believe now that he loves you and wants to save you. But he couldn't, said Hela, with the old petulant tone. I've hated him all my life. I hate him now, and I've never been good. I couldn't be good. I don't want to be good. I want to do just what I please. And I will. I won't hear you talk this way. I want to get up. Why does my body feel so queer and numb as if it wasn't there? Am I dying now? Answer me quick. Am I dying? I know I am. I'm dying, and you won't tell me. I'm dying, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid!" One piercing scream after another rang out through the corridors. In vain did Bonnie and the nurse seek to soothe her. The high, excited voice raved on. I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid of that presence. Send for Paul Courtland. He tried to tell me once and I wouldn't hear. I made him choose between me and God, and now I'm going to be punished. Listen, dear, went on Bonnie's steady, tender voice. God doesn't want to punish. He wants to save. He is waiting to forgive you if you will let him something in her low spoken words caught and held the attention of the soul in mortal anguish gila fixed her great anguishing eyes on bonnie forgive forgive how could anybody forgive all i've done you don't know anything about such things half contemptuously you've always been a goody good i can see it in your look you don't know what it is to have men making fools of themselves over you. You don't know all I've done. I've been what they call a sinner. I sent away the only man I ever loved because I was jealous of God. I broke the heart of the man who loved me because I got tired of him and his everlasting perfection. I hated the idea of being a mother, and when my child came I deserted her. I would have killed her if I had dared. I went away with a bad man. And when I got tired of him, I took the first way that opened to get away from him. God doesn't forgive things like that. I didn't expect he would when I did them. But it wasn't fair not to let me live out my life. I'm too young to die. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yes, God forgives all those things. There was a woman once who had been like that, and Jesus forgave her. He will forgive you if you ask him but he can't forgive you unless you are sorry and really want him to he says though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow and though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool but you have to be sorry first that you sinned he can't forgive you if you aren't sorry 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 gila's laugh rang out mirthlessly and echoed in the high white room oh i'm sorry all right what do you think I am? Do you think I've been happy? Don't you know that I've suffered torments? Everything has turned to ashes that I've touched. I've gone everywhere and done everything to try to forget myself. But always there was that awful presence chasing me. Standing in my way everywhere I turned, driving me, always driving me toward hell. I've tried drowning my thoughts with cocktails and dope, but always, when it wore off, there would be the presence of God pursuing me. Do you mean to tell me there is forgiveness for me with Him?" Her breath was coming in painful gasps as she screamed out the words as the nurse leaned over and gave her a quieting draught. Bonnie, in a low, clear voice, began to repeat Bible verses. The blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hela listened with wondering, incredulous eyes, like the eyes of a frightened, naughty child, who scarcely understood what was being said, and was in a frenzy of fear. Oh, if Paul Courtland were here, he would tell me if this is true, Hela cried at last. Instantly, from out the shadow of the doorway, stepped Courtland and stood at the foot of the bed where she could see him looking steadily at the dying girl for a moment, and then lifting his eyes as if to one who stood just beside her. O oh, Jesus Christ, who came to save, come close to this poor little wandering child of thine, and show her that she is forgiven. Take her gently by the hand, and help her to see thee. How loving thou art! help her to understand how thou didst come to earth and die to take her place of punishment so that she might be forgiven open her eyes to comprehend what love like that could be gila turned startled eyes on courtland as she heard his voice strong beseeching tender intimate with god she lay listening watching his illumined face as he prayed watched and listened as one who suddenly sees a ray of light where all was darkness till gradually the tenseness and pain faded from her face, and a surprised calm came to take its place. The strong voice went on, talking with the Savior about what he had done for this poor, erring one, till with a sigh, like a tired child, the eyelids dropped over her frightened eyes, and a look of peace began to dawn. While the prayer had been going on, Tennelly, with his little girl in his arms, had slipped silently into the room and stood with bowed head, looking with anguished eyes at the wreck of the beautiful girl who was once his wife. Suddenly, as if alive to subtle influences, Gila opened her great eyes again and looked straight at Tennelly and the baby. A dart of consciousness came into her gaze and something like a wave of anguish passed over her face she made a piteous helpless movement with the little jeweled hands that lay limply on the coverlet and murmured one word with pleading in her eyes forgive courtland had ceased praying and the room was very still till bonnie just outside the door began to sing softly rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flowed be of sin the double cure save me from its guilt and power suddenly little doris who had been looking down with wondering baby solemnity on the strange scene leaned forward and pointed to the bed pity mamma down a seep she said softly and with a groan Tennelly sank with her to his knees beside the bed. Cortland, kneeling a little way off, spoke out once more, Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world, we leave her with thy tender mercy. As if a visible sign of assent had been asked, the setting sun suddenly dropped lower, touching into blazing glory the golden cross on the church, and threw its reflection upon the wall at the head of the bed, just over the white face of the dead. The baby saw and pointed once more, Pity, pity, papa, see. The sorrowing father lifted his eyes to the golden symbol of salvation, and Courtland, standing at the foot of the bed, said softly, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. End of chapter thirty six, recording by Scarlett, Louisiana. End of the Witness by Grace Livingston Hill